The SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit WYNNBet.com and get started today. We're also brought to you by Sleeper. You already play fantasy on Sleeper, but now you can win cold, hard cash in their new over-under game. Just head over to sleeper.com slash SGP on your phone and join the SGPN group, and Sleeper will match your first deposit up to $100. That's sleeper.com slash SGP. And make sure to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Yes, sir. We are back here. Another Villain Rail, Really Rail edition of the Fantasy Football Podcast. I got my guy Scott Reichel here with me. Scott, what's going on? Nothing much. Feels pretty good that after doing so much basketball coverage, we're going back to fantasy football. You know, season's right around the corner. Not really. Yep. It's in a couple months, but it's never too early. To, <laughs> it's never too early to do some drafts. We broke down the rookies and the overall impact for the AFC and the NFC. And now on this episode, we're going to do something a little bit special. But we're kind of going to merge it all together, right? Yep, absolutely. Before we get to that, though, I just want to go ahead and shout out to my guy, Tariq Cohen. If you didn't know, I was actually in school at North Carolina A&T with Tariq while he was there. We weren't friends, I wouldn't say. We were acquaintances. I knew him through my friends who were good friends with him. And, you know, I'd see him around on the scene a lot. And it's a very tough break. He's very, very inspirational to the school, to the community. He does a lot of good things back home in North Carolina. And to hear about the injury and how the injury occurred, especially with him coming back from the ACL tear, and now he has to deal with the ruptured Achilles, is really, really sad. And uh, Reek, just wanted to let you know, uh, if you hear this, pray for you, brother, praying for you, your family, everything. We know you're going to bounce back, bro. You got all of us behind you. You got all your friends, family, everybody in the community behind you. Just let you know we're praying for you, and we know you're going to get back right. Uh, so moving on from that note, there was some other big news that came over the course of the past week. It's been developing and it seems to becoming a real issue. Well, not issue, but a real thing to be figured out. And that's the status of Deshaun Watson for this season. So Deshaun Watson is scheduled to meet with the NFL and in Texas, and they are going to talk about his future and what they will determine a suspension for what happened and everything that went on with this case. There are rumors and reports that the suspension could be anywhere from three to four games. It could be more. Scott, if the rumors are true and it comes down as a, let's say a four game suspension for right now, let's say Deshaun Watson comes back down with a four game suspension. What in terms of, I'm sure in Dynasty, you're holding on to him. Yes. Let's talk about redraft. In terms of redraft, what are you looking forward to for Deshaun Watson? Where would you take him in redrafts? What, like what, what is the handicap into trying to decipher where does Deshaun Watson rank against all these quarterbacks? Well, 
just first things first, if you have a redraft scheduled today, I would not automatically assume the rumors are true. You can take a gamble on that. I would not. I would wait until it's fully confirmed. It's one thing for people to say on Twitter, it's three to four weeks. People say anything on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I, got anon- I got anonymous sources too, because they're made up. That's the thing about anonymous sources. You don't actually need to say anything truthful, because <laughs> nobody actually knows anything. But the point is, is assuming the information's true and it's confirmed, let's say it's confirmed next week and you have draft in about a month, Watson would fall a couple of rounds, of course, but when healthy, he is, what would you say, a top five quarterback in the league? Yeah. So based on that, you price him accordingly, and in fantasy, he can run. So he has even more upside because of the running ability. Now, you have to wonder if he will look a little bit rusty or if it will take some growing pains with a brand new system, a brand new environment, and the fact he hasn't played in about a year and a half. So the fact that he hasn't played definitely isn't going to help him in terms of making sure he gets off to a hot start. So you might have to price that in. But the point is, assuming Watson will look like himself for at least half the season, including the fantasy playoffs, I got to assume he's going to be one of the first five quarterbacks taken off the board. First five or yeah. six. You? Yeah. I mean, the upside, you can't ignore. The upside is crazy. Yeah, so he's definitely has tremendous upside. And if I were to take a Deshaun Watson, I would feel comfortable coming back at the end towards the end of the draft and just whether you're streaming or taking flyers on quarterbacks early on in the season and finding those guys. And that's probably the next thing to talk about when the suspension really does come out. Who are the top quarterbacks that have a good first half of the season? that you can get for cheap, and that would hold you over until Deshaun Watson comes back. Can I say Baker Mayfield, or is that a (laughs) cop-out? I'm I'm being serious, because you can make the argument Cleveland – I don't think he's going to be on the team. I was going to say Cleveland was going to trade him, and I think that's still a possibility, but wouldn't you agree if Watson's only missing a month, a midseason trade seems like it would make a lot more sense? Because you only have to hold the ball into him for, what, a month? No, I don't think you want Baker in that locker room. Okay. You just think you'd be toxic yeah, at that point? I, I don't. Yeah, I think he knows that there's a guy that has his spot as soon. As, he's not. He's an alpha. He's the one. That's not good for the locker room. I don't think. I I would be. The Browns would be stupid if they went into the season when Baker Mayfield still on his It is Cleveland, so anything's possible. You know. This is very much true. This is very much true. But for me and how I'm projecting the season as of right now, Jacoby Brissett is going to start the season at quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. That's what I'm expecting to see. Okay. And so... I would probably look at a Goff if I was trying to target a first-month yeah. guy. If you want to gamble on Zach Wilson, assuming it's not Dynasty and you actually can potentially pick him up off waivers, mm-hmm. maybe, because the Jets do have some weapons. But for the most part, if you're going to be streaming early in the season, it's all about matchups. Hell, maybe you could even try a Matt Ryan if you think he looks okay in a dome in Indianapolis to start his Indianapolis career, but it's not going to be pretty. You got to just find a couple of spots and some guys that can maybe hold you over until you get a top five quarterback back playing every week. And yeah. And and one of the things to consider is 
what Deshaun Watson has to look forward to when he comes back. So just like, again, all hypotheticals, but let's just say that this is a four-game suspension. He comes back and he plays the Chargers, the Patriots, and then at the Ravens. Those are three pretty solid defenses there. The Patriots I don't know about. Uh, I think there's Belichick and game plan for anybody. Yeah, but they they lost a decent amount of pieces during the offseason and didn't really do anything to replace any of those always, guys. Mobile quarterbacks always kill Belichick too, so he might have a good. That might be the week. It, that I, don't might, think, I don't think New England's going to be very good this year. Goes but. off. Uh huh. I in terms. So we talked about redraft. For me, I'm probably gonna. I'm still waiting on quarterback. I would if pass he's there. On Watson. If he's there, yeah, you would pass on him. So I would once him. again, of course, value is value. If he's there mm-hmm. in the hell, the eighth round, ninth round, then of course you're going to take him. Mm-hmm. But assuming somebody's going to gamble on Watson early because of the upside, I wouldn't want to take him in the fifth or sixth round, for example. No, absolutely. So not. I feel like if you want to talk about where he might go, I do think he should be gone by the seventh round. Give or take. So, would I reach for him? No. But if he's there in the eighth or ninth round, yeah, I would take a piece. Yeah. And when you get to the ninth, that's kind of – I haven't done my official rankings, but off the top of my head, when when I get to the ninth and I'm staring at Deshaun Watson, I'm like, all right, I'll get him. But what's your philosophy? Are you an early quarterback guy or are you a late quarterback guy? Give me a – a signature like a Tony Romo or previous year's Matt Stafford. Are you like one of those guys? So I am – it honestly really, truly just depends. So it really takes a lot for me to be an early quarterback guy. So I would actually say I'm a late quarterback guy. And I'm one of the ones where I'm willing to draft for upside. And if I end up streaming quarterbacks for the duration of the season, I know that how to play matchups good enough where I'm going to get a solid quarterback starter and the rest of my roster is going to be good. But the year that I completely dominated fantasy in my legal record for, you know, my fraternity was when I took Lamar Jackson in like the 11th or 12th round. And I said, Hey, MVP I'm just going to take a stab MVP. Well, yeah. MVP year. And so I was like, let me just take a stab at it. And it turned out he was a 25, 25 point per game st- scorer the whole season. So it was wow. Great. Well, just for comparisons though, would you rather have as a fantasy team owner, would you rather have, Watson missing X amount of games, also not playing for about a year, or Matt Stafford? I would rather have... Because Watson gives you upside running, but he compare yeah, weapons, it's not even close. But Stafford can launch it. I'm... I don't know. I don't know. That's don't the ballpark, know, right? I mean, that's yeah, what that's you're looking a, at yeah, for Watson. That's the, I think that's, that's pretty fair. I probably, I'm probably going with Stafford. I'm going I'm Stafford, probably. too. So, in other words, I'm passing on Watson. Because I don't know what I'm doing for the first part of the season just yet. And, but I know what I'm getting with Matthew Stafford. For Does Cleveland have any times. weapons in the passing game? This is a separate point we can make. They don't have, they don't have much. Amari Cooper. So that's what I'm saying. You got Cooper, but games. you've, you've you roasted Cooper. Cooper. Yeah, that's four games. Yeah, so you got four games with him. And then, uh, dang, who else is You're going to rely on Njoku? Like, I, I don't know what you're going to do. Still, no, but I think that's still – Landry's a free agent. He might go to New Orleans. And then – but Chubb in the passing game is going to be Give Peoples-Jones as a deep guy, but, I mean – Let me go look at their depth. They, they don't have many pieces. So, if you want to talk about how good a quarterback is, weapons also matter. So, if we're talking what? about Watson in the same spot in the draft as a Stafford, 
I would take Stafford because he's going to be missing zero games and he has cup and a bunch of other weapons that are much better than what Watson has to work with. So if I had to choose between the two, I'm taking Stafford. But it's, like I said, like I said, you know, when we were breaking down AFC rookies, it's David Bell season. Now yeah. that we know we're getting a season of Deshaun Watson, not a year off, like he's going to play at some point. It's da- and honestly, it's even better because when Watson comes back, Bell would have had had some time running. Like mm-hmm. he's right now, he's slated on the depth chart as starting on the outside across from Amari Cooper. And so rumors yeah. about the slot, but he should be on the field. Yeah, yeah, but. Either way, yes, he's one of the starting. So you have him, Peoples Jones, and Cooper. There's not many options, like you said. There's not many options to go to. David and Joku is going to get some work. Deshaun Watson loves his tight end, so he's going to get some work. Kareem Hunt's going to get some work in the passing game, but it's going to be Bell and Cooper. And if I'm only getting four games with Cooper because how inconsistent he is, Bell's going to get a lot of work. Yeah. All right. So, wait. I'm sliding over to a dynasty perspective real quick. If I can make an offer for Deshaun Watson, that because so this is the issue that I have is that I quarterbacks are not I, I don't have quarterbacks. My quarterbacks are terrible in my dynasty league. And what do you mean so, you're part of the you're part of the two of truthers? <laughs> I, I I guess I am a part of the two of truthers. I was a two of truther, and then he proved me wrong, and I was like, all right, I don't want any parts of two anymore. You'll and see so, this year, though. You got maybe we'll see. Maybe, maybe I'm not giving up, and so I'm not willing to part with. And I like how I can do this, and I can just tell, talk to people about my experience with my dynasty league and how my thought process is going because it can relate if anybody's in the same situation. But I'm not at the point where I am willing to trade any key assets for a quarterback. I will, I'm perfectly fine going through the season with Tua. I have Daniel Jones as well. Going through the season with Tua and Daniel Jones and possibly drafting a Kenny Pickett if, he, if it comes to me in the right spot in our draft and just going into the season like that and just kind of playing Russian roulette with the three and hopefully somebody gives me a consistent 15, 16, 17 points. But if the Deshaun Watson owner is desperate, has another quarterback, moves on, well, you better. You're offer. assuming he has another quarterback because he went a whole year without him. He should have yeah. another quarterback. On yeah, <laughs> he should. Uh, I think I actually know who it is. Let me see if I can go to his roster and see what he has. And even if he wants to keep Watson, you could always ask him for the other quarterback that's suddenly yeah. a backup now that Watson's back. And that's basically what the mindset is. Can I get one of his quarterbacks off him? Because more than likely he has two solid starters and he'd be fine moving on. So mm-hmm. if, you, if you're interested in Watson – I make a trade. I wouldn't break bank for him at all. I agree. But David Bell's stock in rookies drafts just shot up for me. Absolutely. Mm. All right. Enough talking about that. Let's talk about WinBet and their bet $50, win $200 promotion where a $50 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bets. Plus, the WinBet Casino is offering you a 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. And you can win a golf trip to win Las Vegas, Pete. PGA Championship bet $100 plus in golf this week and be entered to win a golf trip to win Las Vegas. So much to choose from. All you have to do is download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to get started today. Offer such a change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. 
And we are talking about Sleeper, the fastest growing fantasy platform with millions of players. I play my Dynasty League on here. We're about to use Sleeper in just a second, but it is also changing the industry with their new over-under game. It's super simple. You can use any sport like baseball, basketball, hits, points. Take, Take two players, pick a number on their hits and points that they offer to you and bet over or under. Do they get it? Do they not? Then choose the amount of money you want to enter the contest. And if you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two to 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Sleeper on Sleep, the over-under game on Sleeper is the fact that it's the only app where I can join my buddy's contest and play together. So I can play against Scott. I can play against Rod. I can play against Moonoff, all those guys. And I can even see their picks and copy them if I want to tail it. Or we... It's super fun. We can ride it out together. So just stop what you're doing. Download Sleeper now. And this is what we have for you. On your mobile phone, you can join our Sleeper group at sleeper.com SGP. And Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. That's right. Just join our squad and get a 100% deposit match on Sleeper at sleeper.com SGP. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. And with that, we are going over to Sleeper to start our rookie mock draft. So Scott got the randomized order, and he got the one slot in the rookie draft. Yep. So meaning Scott had a terrible season in 2021, and now he's looking to bounce back. Whereas I'm here, I'm in picking out of the eighth spot. I had a good year, got bounced out the playoffs a little bit earlier than I wanted, but I'm looking to add some pieces to make myself a championship roster. Yeah, Cooper Cup ended your season early. Happens to everybody, right? <laughs> happens happens to a lot of people. Happened to Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. All right, Scott, you ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so going ahead and start the draft here. So we got one minute per pick here. I'm not going to spend much time on this. We talked about it. I think the obvious 1-1 here in rookie draft is Brees Hall, Mm -hmm. immediate guy. He should be the main running back for the next handful of years for the Jets. And after Wilson almost got killed last year, you're assuming they're going to want to put in some balance. Plus, Hall's a good pass catcher. I'm taking Brees Hall. Yep, and just as the other teams are picking, just to let everybody know how we're drafting, it's a 12-team league. PPR, Dynasty, one quarterback league, standard fantasy league. And so after Brees Hall went, Kenneth Walker went two, Drake London went three, Traylon Burks, that's my guy, he went fourth, Garrett Wilson went five, Chris Olave went six, Jameson Williams went seven, and then I am on the clock here. It's a little bit, tad bit harder of a, of a choice because I thought that um, Cook would be off the board here. And so I had already had my SWAT, my sight set on Watson and Green Bay. But I truly – this is just preference. And it really depends on what position you need. But I truly think that Cook is going to steal that backfield, backfield for the Buffalo Bills. And he's going to be the long-term starter for them. They're going to score a bunch of points. One year, possibly one year of Aaron Rodgers. So – I'm moving on. I'm, got, I'm taking James Cook in the eighth spot. Christian Watson goes right after at nine. Sky Moore at 10. George Pickens at 11. And Damian Pierce for the Texans at 12. Scott's back on the clock at the 201. 
I'm kind of surprised it wasn't a snake draft, but okay. Uh, to go through uh, the second round, I'm uh, do, surpri- y'all, do y'all do it like that? I, I feel like you can go either way. It's fine. Mm. I, either way, I'm surprised he's still on the board. We had a big wide receiver run. I'm really not sure why Pickens was taken, for example, before Dotson. I feel yeah. like in most rookie drafts, Dotson would be off the board by now, especially for a 12-person you know, rookie draft. I'm going to take Dotson because I do mm-hmm. think he should have a pretty nice role there in Washington, not to mention the fact that he's also a solid special teams guy. I'm going with Dotson. Yeah, that was a steal. Trey McBride goes 2-2 in the second round. I want to pause it here and kind of talk about that a little bit. I know we talked about Trey McBride and we thought that he'd be more of a long-term asset, but for somebody at the 2-2 to be taking Trey McBride, your team's not that good. You're probably looking for instant starters right now. Are you, are you taking them that high? That high, no. Once again, I do love McBride, but when they just paid Ertz an extension, you're mm-hmm. assuming best-case scenario, he's tight end two on the depth chart, mm-hmm. which is really just a testament to how dumb I personally think the extension is for Ertz because I do think that McBride's going to be a phenomenal tight end in the league. Yep. I like the upside if you want to hold on to him as a tight end for the future, but immediately he's going to be sitting there for a while on your bench. I do want to talk about what number two or team two was doing because the first round pick of the team that took McBride was Kenneth Walker Mm -hmm. with the first round second pick. That's too early, right? I don't disagree because I think that he can very quickly steal that backfield and take it over. But I probably – and it depends on what your roster is because what if that person is short on running backs and yeah. they're stacked at wide receiver? And so, hey, why, why not, you know, take a Kenneth Walker there and somebody that you could think be the leader in that backfield. So I think it's all preference and what you need at the position at that point in time. Okay, fair enough. All right. Starting the draft back up again, Isaiah Spiller went right after uh, McBride – to team three. Then we had Rashawn White. We had uh, Tyler Alligier, um over in Atlanta. And then Zamir White goes at 206. That's a really good pickup. Kenny Pickett, our first quarterback, clubs off the board at 207. I'm back on the clock. And he. this is the person I wanted to fall yeah. to me. We talked about him a little bit earlier. Not wasting any time here. I'm taking David Bell with the with my second pick in the second round. Very, very easy for me and there. He's going to be, with Deshaun Watson having some playing time, he's going to have an impact. He's going to earn a role in that wide receiving room. He's going to be really good and really good for years to come. Moving on, Brian Robinson over in Washington, taken right after me, Tyrion Davis-Price, Jelani Woods, and John Mechie goes to round out the second round. Scott's back on the clock with the first pick in the third round. It's a bit of a, I'm a bit torn here because I watched Pierce play a lot at Cincinnati and I do like him as a jump ball receiver. We know Matt Ryan's not afraid to chuck it up there. Uh, Robinson for the Giants has a lot of game breaking ability, but once again, they have yet to actually trade Tony. So I'm not sure mm-hmm. if Robinson's going to have an immediate role. Tolbert's intriguing for the Cowboys because they did lose Cedric Wilson and Amari Cooper. So mm-hmm. based on process of elimination, Tolbert might actually have a role immediately in that offense, but I am going to go for the touchdown upside. I'm going to go with Pierce. I do think that he's a solid receiver. I watched him play at Cincinnati and 
I think that he should be a pretty solid red zone threat. So for me, I'm going to go with Pierce. They lost Pascal. They could use another receiver. I do think that Pierce is going to fill the void. And if I did mention it earlier, we're doing a five-round draft. So uh, moving along, I really do like that Pierce for, uh, that call for Pierce. I probably would have took him there as well. Wondell Robinson goes next. Then Malik Willis, uh, Greg Dulich, Desmond Ritter, Matt Corral. We had a run of quarterbacks going before my turn. And then uh, Keontae Ingram over in Arizona. I am back on the clock here. And – so my issue here is I'm still, you know, looking at the skill position players. I have Tolbert there staring at me. He's still on the board. Shakir is there still on the board as well. And I really do like him as a player, but I'm curious on how much they're going to use him with, you know, Diggs still there, Davis still there. I'm not certain what they're going to carve out the role for him immediately will be. Taquan Thornton is also interesting in, in New England, but I'm just not certain about the arm of Mac Jones. So I'm going to take the guy that has Dak Prescott as his quarterback, and I'm going to take Tolbert here with my pick in the round. Yeah, I, I kind of want you to pause it uh, right when it's my turn because I do have a question to ask you. Yeah, Since we sure. had a run of quarterbacks in the third round, I took Pierce in the third. I was actually thinking about taking a quarterback somebody to potentially invest with for the future, hold on to see what happens. Because your team Based, was so bad last year? Uh, well, you can make an argument that <laughs> I had held Deshaun Watson, who didn't play. Like, you can make <laughs> yeah, an argument yeah. that – There you go. You had Deshaun based, Watson. Good job. Based on how I draft, I usually have a quarterback ready, so that's kind of how I'm looking at it, where I probably have a quarterback I like, and I really didn't like many of the rookie quarterbacks in general. Mm. But based on the quarterback situation for the teams involved – who do you think should be taken first, Malik Willis or Desmond Ritter? Because I think we would agree Ritter's got a better chance of seeing the field more quickly. Yes, absolutely. If you're going for short-term success, I would take Ritter. I would actually kind of uh, – no, well, I think Malik can be very good as well. Yeah, short-term, for the short-term, and you're looking in, you know, for as of right now, I would take Ritter because Ritter pro probably is going to see the field this season at some point. Whereas Malik Willis, it would take an injury, I would think. I don't think that Tanning Hill could play himself that bad. Well, he could hold, do a hold my beer moment and show me, but I don't think he would play himself that bad out of the starting spot this year. So if anything, this is a red shirt year for Malik Willis in my eyes. Makes it, I agree. I was just curious. Yeah, no problem. All right, we're about to kick the draft back off. To, after Tober, Otten went, and then Daniel Bellinger – for my New York Giants, Haskins went, Hassan Haskins went, Jeremy Ruckert went, and now Scott's back on the plate with the first pick in the fourth round. Now, this is a very tricky spot because I've already taken two receivers and a running back, but you go down the line, all you have left are receivers and running backs. So yeah. just keep that in mind. I kind of have to go receiver because I really don't see many other options here. I'm just going to go with a guy that I personally loved in college that we talked about. He's going to Buffalo. Should have a great situation. They lost Cole Beasley, so that's one less mouth to feed. It's annoying because we saw how we wanted Gabriel Davis to have a bigger role, and they didn't give it to him. But I'm a big fan of Shakir. I watched him play at Boise. I think he's a very talented player. Thornton's intriguing for New England, but I see Belichick using him as a gadget player to start, and I don't really want to bother. I'm going to take Shakir. I just think he's a very talented player, and I do think he can potentially even be a spot starter 
if some injury report stuff goes your way, I'm going to take Shakir. All right. I like it. And I'm annoyed, by the way, the team three took Cade York. I was tempted to take a kicker. I thought about it. <laughs> I actually was thought I thought about it because I actually am a big Cade York guy. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. So like, like you said, Sam Howell went second. So the, uh, you were talking about team two um, and how they were drafted. Now they have Sam Howell. Cade York went third. Skylar Thompson went fourth. <laughs> Interesting. Jake Ferguson went fifth. Charlie Kolar went sixth. Jalen Weidemeyer went seventh. And I am back on the clock. And the person that I was waiting for fell to me. And at this point in my rookie draft, I'm really just – I'm willing to take more shots for upside because – You're I taking know, flyers at this point. Because yeah. I know by the point that the season starts, these people are probably getting cut from my roster. Especially If y'all dynasty league keeps everybody, then that's cool. But we make cuts when it comes time to the season and we get back to our number. And I feel like a lot of these guys are going to get cut for me. So I just want to take somebody that possibly could be really, really good and have an impact. So I'm going with Justin Ross – for the Kansas City Chiefs, look, this is a guy that was absolutely stellar in uh, Clemson, and he went undrafted. He's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. He could come into this wide receiver room that we're like, oh, okay, well, I mean, I guess they got Mikko Hartman, they got Marquez Valdez-Stantley, they got Juju, but if Justin Ross emerged, I wouldn't be surprised, you know? It's a couple injuries away, so I'll take a flyer on him coming into this spot. And while I do like Ty Thornton, I just don't trust skill position players drafted by the the Patriots and Bill Belichick. So after that, Brandon Peters went, Davis Cheek went, Carson Strong, and Bailey Zappi four quarterbacks in a row. Scott's back on the clock with the five hundred one, finishing out the last round of our draft. I think. Just for the record, I'm going to be cutting whoever I draft with this pick because I already have a bunch of receivers. And once again, you're looking at the board. There are a lot of receivers. I'm not interested in Williams running back for the Rams because the Rams already have 30 running backs, so I'm not exactly interested (laughs) in joining that committee. Batty for the Ravens is tempting if you think that that there might be another injury going on uh, with the Ravens, but... I think based on overall upside and role, I'm tempted by Daubs for the uh, Packers, mm-hmm. but I am going to end up taking Thornton, honorable mention, to Austin and to a guy who I like, Phillips, the slot receiver out of UCLA who went to Tennessee, who I just think is going to be good in the pros, so I do like Phillips there. But I am going to go based on upside. I will go with Thornton because getting him in the fifth round, I feel like it's not that common. So I'm going to go pretty wide receiver heavy here. I might cut him anyway, but I'll take Thornton. All right. Like it. Another kicker goes in Gabe Birk. Uh, right after you, Isaiah Likely. That's somebody I was, I was literally just sitting there saying, man, Isaiah Likely still on the board. I'm I really thought about it, but I, I have Andrews on like most of my teams. So if you want yeah. to go for the handcuff, you can, but yeah, Andrews was, is the I guy. So, I mean, I want it. I want it Likely so bad. I thought that. I just oh if anything happens to Andrews, I think likely it's gonna be really really. What's good. your thoughts on taking a kicker in a rookie draft? I think it's fun. <laughs> I, think I mean, it's fun. You're, he's gonna start. Yeah. So if you yeah, actually want to make the yeah, argument, you got to start. You know, you're getting points. You know, yeah. you're getting points, especially if you're in one of those cool kicker leagues that has like boosted kickers so much to make mm-hmm. them interesting. Some leagues don't have kickers at all, so you don't even have to worry about this. But uh, this one, we're playing with kickers, so I think it's fun. I really do. 
Jamarcus Ingram went after that, and then uh, Elijah Jones. Oh, this is oh oh I didn't turn the defenders off. That's why I was I was like wait what? Oh my bad. I didn't even. All right, so that's my bad. I forgot to turn defenders off on this. I was doing another draft. Either way, back to my pick, and I didn't say anything when you said his name because I wanted to draft him when you were talking about it, but Dobbs is my pick here. It's really easy for me. I like the upside, and I want to give him a chance. I think Romeo Dobbs could be another bit good addition to this team. All right, and then basically because of my mess up, we had a whole run. We had a straight run of DBs and linebackers to end the draft. So if you play one of those IDP leagues, then that'd be very interesting to you. Uh, they went. Let's see: Jamarcus Ingram, Elijah Jones, C.J. Brewer, Tusker Fisk, uh, another kicker, Nick Skyba, Trevon Mason, William. Oh, those are all defensive players as well. Yeah. Oh, and Jordan Mosey. So, yep, all defensive players basically in that last round. My bad about that, but it doesn't matter because we got to the meat and the bones of what we wanted to talk about here. And going back and just recapping the front half of the draft, how do you feel about your rookie draft? Scott took in his five rounds, Brees Hall, Jahan Dotson, Alec Pierce, Khalil Shakur, and Taekwon Thornton. And I took James Cook, David Bell, Jalen Tolbert, Justin Ross, and Romeo Dobbs. I think the big thing to note for me is that if you want running back, you got to go get them early. Yep. That's my main takeaway. Of course, when you end up with four receivers as your final four picks, I do kind of wish I maybe went for a Cade York in the Mm. third round, something like that, because I do like Shakir. But I don't think he's going to have a big role in year one. He might have a spot or two. So once again, you might be cutting a couple of these guys you just drafted. So I actually don't mind the kicker maneuver because you're getting a guy who could potentially start and you were probably going to cut the position player you were going to draft anyway in the late rounds of rookie draft. So if I could actually redo it, which I was on the fence about, I would probably take York or a kicker over Shakir. And for Pierce, I was tempted to maybe take Willis or Ritter if you want to sit on a dynasty quarterback Mm-hmm. The issue is I'm not sure how good either of them are. I didn't really like the quarterback class this year. Now, of course, Ritter and Willis have mobility, so that's definitely a boost. Yeah. But what do you think there? Because, of course, it matters depending on your team. Would yep. you rather have Pierce who might blossom into a good red zone threat receiver, or would you rather have Willis or Ritter potentially sit on your bench for a year? I... And, again, I talked about my quarterback situation and how I would, you know, like to beef up. For me, it's Kenny Pickett or I'm just passing a quarterback in this draft. I'm not reaching for any of the other guys. I like the upside of a lot of skilled position players late in the draft that I would be more interested in taking them. Even though I think I think Desmond Ritter more than likely plays at some point during the season, but it might not come at any time soon because I think Marcus Mariota is capable of, of getting them to at least – maybe like a two and four record or yeah. something like that until they decide to move on and, and try out and see what they have in Ritter. I don't think that they're going to be in any rush to get market Smariota out of that quarterback seat. And Malik Willis is for me, again, it's a red shirt year for him, for me in that first year. I think he could, he can be pretty good in the future, but 
personally, I'm not willing to wait on that. If I'm solid at quarterback and I'm like, hey, I'm willing to wait on Malik Willis because I do think he will be good and he'll be really good for Tennessee when he gets his shot, I would then draft Malik Willis. But if I'm looking for something, you know, for one to two years, one to two, maybe three years, to somebody to plug and play, it's only Kenny Pickett for me. Yeah, I agree with that. But I was just wondering because of the fact that I probably don't need four rookie receivers. So that's why I was yeah. asking just for future rookie drafts. If you want to take a quarterback, it seems like mo- they're mostly going in the mid-second to early third. Truth yeah. is, I really thought Pickett would go sooner. He yeah. went 2-7. I figured he would be early second round because he's still going to Pittsburgh. Yep. So I figured he would go potentially yeah, even late a lot first, of but mostly early second. For a lot of dynasty leagues, there are two quarterback leagues as well. So he probably does yeah. go a lot sooner than that for somebody that's trying to beef up that second quarterback spot. Yeah, that's how I look at it. But overall, Hall, Dotson, Pierce, Shakir, and Thornton, I'm pretty happy. I mean, I went mostly for upside. I'm thrilled with my first two picks. I feel like after that, Pierce I thought was worth gambling on. Shakir and yeah. Thornton I just like. Thornton I can't say I was a big fan of, but – Fifth round, I'm going to take him. I mean, that's just good value. But, yeah, I mostly win value, and I can't really complain. I'm shocked that I got David Bell in the second round at the 2-8 spot. And I truly Especially with the Watson news, which I'm assuming has not been. And and I'm assuming that that's what kind of happened in this draft. And you may have some drafts where you're able to beat people on that Watson news. But once it's confirmed that Deshaun Watson is playing this season, I think David Bell is – a fringe first round guy. I would take I would take David Bell over Sky Moore. I would take him over George Pickens. I wouldn't take him over Dotson. I, I would take him over Pickens. Line. Moore is a question mark because you're you got Mahomes. Yeah, and at the end of the day, it is Mahomes. But I just I don't know. I have no idea what Kansas City is doing at the wide receiver positions. That's why I kind of like Bell a little bit more. I know for a fact day one David Bell is going to be a starter, and so. Between definitely over Moore and Pickens, Dotson is the only person ahead of him besides Watson. And, you know, of course, the the star five of wide receivers that I would take. He's 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 a top, he's a top, you know, yeah. that top eight, top eight guy for me. I think my main takeaway from this format here, just based on how the computer drafted, we did five rounds, 12 picks around, so we had 60 picks. Yeah, but the one thing I do want to look at is the number of quarterbacks that were taken. Because you had your usual ones. You had Pickett, mm-hmm. you had Willis, you had Ritter, even Corral, who might go at some point if you really think that Carolina is going to punt on Darnold and try a youth movement in the second yeah. half of the year. Those are all the quarterbacks that should be taken in yeah, a five-round. <laughs> because you, you had Sam Howell taken, Skylar Thompson got taken, you even had, like, Brandon Peters, Carson Strong off a bad knee injury, Bailey Zappi. Like, I understand the computer's trying to fill spaces, but in, in your rookie draft, if you're going five rounds, even six rounds, there's really only three and a half, the half being corral, quarterbacks yeah. that should be taken, and everything else is kind of a lost cause. I'm not interested in Sam Howell, but I think you would agree that for most drafts, I can't blame the rookie. I can't blame the computer IQ in this, but way too many quarterbacks went. Yeah, I agree. So that's my main takeaway. All right. So 
we finished the, our rookie mock draft 1.0. We'll definitely do a 2.0 as, you know, rest of the uh, training camp start and, you know, start rookie minute camps all finished up. Vets are in the building. OTAs finished. All that stuff. We'll start getting more and more mock drafts in here. The question here is, because it seems that Brees Hall is absolutely the one-on-one, and this yeah. is the question that I want to leave us with today before we end. Who is the 102? It feels like that that is, is it a, you take best available? Is it you take what your position of need is? Is there somebody that you feel like is clear cut should be the 102 right now? That's why I brought up the Kenneth Walker pick because I personally think one, two is too early for mm-hmm. Walker because they do have Carson. They do have Penny. They maybe have some options. Carson. Maybe Carson. Carson. Maybe Carson, but I'm assuming – I was going to say, I'm assuming based on how much he's meant to the team and how Pete Carroll tends to be a bit of a loyalty guy, they'll ask him to come back. And if, if he, he wants can. to, then he yeah, – if he can, then maybe. Clear. He's still not clear medically right now. The point is it's uncertain. Yeah. But they still have Penny no matter what. Yeah. And after what happened in the back half last year, Penny, you're assuming, is going to be the starting guy no matter what. Whether he gets injured or not, separate story. But I do think that Walker is a little early for 1-2, for my opinion. Now, the third pick in our draft here was Drake London, followed by Burks, followed by Wilson, followed by Olave, followed by Williams. So we had a big wide receiver run there. If you're asking what my 1-2 would be, I would go with Burks Mm -hmm. because of the overall just spot that he landed in and how perfect it is. I get that Drake London's a potential touchdown machine. He's off a serious leg injury. He has Marcus Mariota throwing him the ball. Mm-hmm. And even next year, maybe Ritter. We don't know what they're going to be doing for quarterbacks moving forward. At least I know Tennessee has Tannehill. And Tannehill's not great. He's okay. He made A.J. Brown a productive receiver. Or at least he helped A.J. Brown by not absolutely ruining his production. I think Burks is in a great spot. So if you, if you want to know my one-two, it would be Burks because that landing spot is really just perfect. So for me, I think my one-two has changed over the course of this week. I know you're a big Olave guy, but I'm assuming one-two one, might be too early for Olave even for you or not. So that, that is crazy that you said that because that's actually the case that I was about to make right now. Burks for since at the immediate reaction after the draft, Burks was my one-two. It was clear cut without a doubt. As time has gone on, as I've started to think about what I think that the Saints are going to run this season, and the potential of a Michael Thomas buying into the team, Olave could be really good, man. Hmm. Olave could be the best third option in the entire league. That's why I like Burks as the one too, though, because rookie season, he's handed the keys to the castle. Yeah. Yeah. He's he, when they're not running the ball, it's going to him for sure. But Olave, I think that he, now it may be to start the season. It might be a slow start. Yeah. Maybe a slow start, but I think he can be really good. I think he can be really good. He can get a lot of deep balls and how Jameis Winston likes to play. I think that he could be – like there's definitely multiple touchdown games in for Chris Olave. 
And I, what I'm just thinking about is what happens in years after. How long? How much longer is Michael Thomas a part of this team? He's a head case in his own right, so nobody really knows. Yeah. So, <laughs> is is how much longer is he a part of this team? And he's had a little bit of an injury history going on. So, is he is he here? Does he play the rest of the season and say, "All right, I'm bouncing"? Does he stick around? Do they trade him? Like, what's the uncertainty with that? And if you're telling me that I'm getting Olave and potentially a year two or maybe even year three season as the one option and the talent that I know he has, I think he's going to be one of the best wide receivers in fantasy. So very recently, it's, it's splitting hairs for me between Burks and Olave, but I just wanted to make the case for Olave at two because if Olave, if we finished the season right now, the season was over and we looked at the standings and Chris Olave was the best, wide, best rookie wide receiver and he finished as a wide receiver, back end wide receiver one, I would not be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised based on talent, but Burks' only competition right now is a post-ACL tear Robert Woods. I'll take that gamble. But you have, you have Ryan Tannehill throwing the ball, and you have James Wilson throwing the ball. So you can say Tannehill and Winston, but Tannehill, for fantasy purposes, has not been atrocious in no, he the last couple of years. So I know Winston, of course, had the legendary 30-interception season with the 30 touchdowns, but it seemed like with Peyton – as the coach, they tried to be a bit more focused on turning him into a game manager. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if Dennis Allen's going to keep the same philosophy moving forward, but I would rather have to compete with Robert Woods off a serious injury than Michael Thomas for targets. And I think that's my philosophy with, I don't know if they can trade Thomas because his contract mixed with his personality makes him borderline untradeable, right? No, someone, no, somebody, somebody would now, somebody but you got to see him play. Yeah. Yeah, no, but if somebody would, that's what I'm saying. I'm, and it's not talking about trade as in this year. I'm talking about more as in next year. Like okay. if he plays this year and then plays for a trade next year. I, I'm factoring but, this year in two. I just think Burks, based on what his potential upside is in his mm-hmm. rookie year, worst case is you could always flip him. But for with Olave and the point that I want to make is I don't think of him as a PPR guy and more of yards per target guy. And he may finish the season with one of the most yards per target than anybody in the league. And if he gets that on a consistent basis, and he – like, if we take what was Callaway last year and what was um, – what's the other speedster that they had? Uh, oh, I'm tip my time. I don't remember. Ah, it pissed me off. Whatever. But basically, let's just go with Callaway because we know Callaway had a bunch of deep ball targets – and Jameis basically spread the ball around deep ball to his receivers. If you take all those targets and mix them into one person, that's Olave, and I think that's a great, a great fantasy season. So I just wanted to make the case for Olave. Are we going with Deontay Harris? Yes, that's the name I was looking for. Okay. So between Harris, if you take what Harris and Callaway were getting down the field and you give that to Olave, uh, Olave I think that's a pretty good – I think that's going to be a pretty good season for. Yeah, I'm just saying. Once again, if you want to go for immediate upside for players, and then maybe flip the rookie you just drafted. Yeah, I think Burks has the most flip potential. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, uh, that's it here for the SGP and Fantasy Football Podcast. Our rookie mock draft 1.0. I think we had some great teams, had some great discussions. Scott, anything else you want to touch on, talk about before we get up out of here? 
Uh, not really. Overall, just looking forward to the rest of the playoffs going on for NBA and hockey. Uh, then, of course, we got football season, fun times ahead, and a lot of fantasy drafts. So I'm looking forward to those. Besides that, you can find me on Twitter at Reichel Radio, R-E-I-C-H-E-L Radio. And, yeah, we got this podcast, the NBA podcast, the PropCast, the WNBA Gambling Podcast, a lot of stuff going on. Absolutely. And for me, you can catch me at ReallyRoute underscore underscore Instagram and Twitter. Make sure you join the Slack channel, sg.pn slash Slack. Get in there. Hop in the Fantasy Football channel. Talk to us. Give us your questions at, at me because, you know, my phone, uh, it'd be a lot going on. You got to at me so I can see your questions. And I, I'll definitely tap in and give you some, some thoughts. But I think Rod's in there as well. Adam, all those guys, everybody. So many people there to give you fantasy football advice and talk a lot of things. I really don't have anything else. Oh, make sure you download SGPN app. Of course, you guys know that. Go in there. If you don't have that already, make sure you get that. Yeah. Nope. I got nothing, Scott. I have no idea how I'm going to end the podcast. Don't know. I'm not going to know. I'll figure it out eventually, but I'm not going to figure it out today. So we're going to end it like this. We are out.